Teachers, just for a second, I want you to imagine the profound impact that vocabulary has on a student's educational journey. What if the words that they learn and use hold the key to unlocking this rich tapestry of literature, ideas, and knowledge? Could vocabulary be the bridge that connects them to the depth and the nuance of text, enabling your students to explore and interpret and understand the world in a more profound way? Sounds pretty awesome, right? Well, in this episode, we're going to dive into the significance of vocabulary in elementary education and explore how it shapes not only comprehension, but also the way we engage with the world of ideas. Teaching skills like reading comprehension doesn't have to be overwhelming. With the right tools and strategies in place, you can find success for you and your students. Step into the Literacy Lounge, the podcast that will give you the what, why, and how to elevate your literacy instruction and get the results you've always wanted. Here's your host and veteran elementary school teacher, Sierra Harris. Welcome, teachers, to the Literacy Lounge, the coziest corner of the podcast universe. And we are going to be unraveling the intricate world of vocabulary today. So as you know, we are in the middle of our Fab Five of Literacy podcast series. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about and you're just now tuning in, you may want to pause and go back. I think it starts with episode number six, if I'm correct. Basically, what we are doing is we are diving into the five components of literacy. So episode six starts us off. And in that episode, we just do a quick overview of what the five components are, why they're really important to teach and how they're all kind of connected together to make this one beautiful world of literacy. Then from there, we take a deeper dive into each element. So the episode after that, I believe episode seven, We actually have a special guest and she comes on to help us understand phonics and phonemic awareness and what those two components are, why we should be teaching them regardless of what grade level we teach, and really breaks open that world of those foundational literacy components for us. Then after that, we have an entire episode on fluency. And then today, we are again in the middle of the series and we're going to be talking about vocabulary. It's not ending here, so tune in next week as well. So make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get some awesome notifications because if you're anything like me, I forget and I need reminders. So hit that subscribe button and that way you're notified for next week's episode where we wrap it up and finish and talk about comprehension. So this has been a super fun series to do. If you have enjoyed the series and you would like more like this or you just enjoyed this one, I would greatly appreciate it if you would take a moment or two to leave me a review or a rating uh, wherever you listen to your podcast and just let me know what you think. And it really helps to get the word out to other educators as well that, hey, this podcast exists. It's super helpful. Maybe you could even give a specific episode shout out if there's one out there that you really like. I just would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Today, we are here to talk about vocabulary. It's the fourth component of the Fab Five of Literacy, and we're going to really dive into not only just what is a vocabulary, I want to make sure we're all kind of on the same page there, but we're going to talk more so about why it's important to explicitly teach vocabulary and what that looks like. And then we're going to get into 
talking about how vocabulary is connected to the bigger picture of comprehension. We're actually going to look at some research because, you know me, I'm nerdy. I love my research. So we're going to look at some research there, and then we're going to wrap it up, of course, by giving you some explicit strategies and activities that you can use in your classroom. That way, when you leave today's episode, you feel very confident about what to implement, why to implement it, and how it's going to improve your students' literacy experience. So are you ready? Let's get started. So again, like I said, I just want to go over the basics at the beginning here and talk really quickly about kind of what is vocabulary. We kind of covered this in episode six um, when we kind of did that, you know, brief overview. But once again, vocabulary in specifically elementary education, it refers to kind of the set of words that a student understands, recognizes, and uses in things like speaking, reading, and writing. And really, it encompasses three main categories. So when we say vocabulary, that's kind of the umbrella term. There are actually three other more specific categories that we can discuss. So there's oral vocabulary, which we know, of course, are the spoken words. Then there is reading vocabulary, which are the words that a student can understand in a text. And then there is writing vocabulary, which are the words that a student can use effectively in writing. And just because a student has a specific word in their vocabulary does not mean it is involving all three categories. I like to think about, you know, when I was learning Spanish many, many years ago, I took four years in high school, and then I actually got a minor of it in college. You wouldn't be able to tell that now because it's been so long since I have used it. But when you're thinking about these three categories of vocabulary, Think about, you know, yourself almost learning a new language. You know, what I can do, my abilities to write in Spanish are definitely different than my abilities to listen to someone speak Spanish and my ability to read Spanish. And a lot of it goes just into the cognitive load and the timing of everything. You know, when I'm when I'm writing, I have a lot more processing time than when I'm listening to someone speak. So when it comes to vocabulary in our students, we need to be really aware that these three categories exist and that when we are implementing explicit instruction, we are supporting instruction in all three areas, that we're not just focusing on reading vocabulary, but that we're incorporating that vocabulary instruction into our writing vocabulary, and even more so our oral vocabulary as well. Just to kind of give a little bit more information about this. So when we talk about oral vocabulary. This is really what a child's initial exposure to words and phrases are. And it really provides that more foundational future of their literacy skills. So this is really what they come to us when it comes to their vocabulary and what kind of words that they already know. This is built when they're younger and in more of their home life before they get to us at school. The reading vocabulary and the writing vocabulary develop as children gain the ability to read and write. So those are the two that teachers are more connected with. But the oral vocabulary, that is really their foundation that they're coming to us with, that is going to really give us the trajectory of where our students are going to go and how successful they're going to be. I know there's tons of research out there that say things like, you know, if a student 
doesn't read, you know, X number of books by the time they're this age or they don't have rich uh, conversations, you know, then they're not going to be exposed to, you know, this number of words. And I'm, I'm sure you're all knowing exactly what I'm talking about. You know, when students don't come to us having, you know, experiences with literature and experiences with conversation, their vocabulary itself, their oral vocabulary is going to have a deficit. And that is going to create a huge gap in their abilities to build vocabulary in the future and then use that vocabulary to help them comprehend. So overall, understanding just the role of vocabulary in language development and in literacy is really vital. And we know now that a robust vocabulary is truly a key factor in a child's ability to comprehend text, do things like also like express ideas, and just excel academically. So this is the reason why vocabulary is one of the fab five components of literacy, because without it, students really cannot be successful when it comes to academics. I know through talking with a lot of teachers, vocabulary has always been the thing that, you know, we may teach it, but are we teaching it correctly? Thinking about myself when I was in the classroom, you know, vocabulary instruction to me was looking at the basal reader, the story of the week, and it came with, you know, anywhere from five to seven words that came from that story. And I basically shoved those definitions down my students' throats and had them memorize them. And then they had a vocabulary test at the end of the week. Maybe they would do some work on like having to use the word in like a closed paragraph, C-L-O-Z-E, a closed paragraph, or having to use the word in a sentence in their own words, things like that, that are connected to research. But in reality, what we were doing holistically was not strong vocabulary instruction. So we're going to get into real quick why it is important to have explicit vocabulary instruction and not only why it's important, but what does that really look like? Explicit vocabulary instruction is a methodical and structured approach to teaching specific words. It involves clearly and directly conveying meanings, usage, and context of those chosen words. And so this approach ensures that students not only encounter new words, but also really gain a deep understanding of them. It's not just about like bringing new words to light. It's also about ensuring that they have experience with these words and are able to use them in the three different categories of vocabulary that we mentioned earlier, the oral, the written, and the reading. So when it comes to explicit vocabulary instruction, several strategies and techniques really can be employed to help and support student learning. One highly effective method is providing direct explanations. We know this, of course. This means teachers explicitly define and discuss the words, making their meanings extremely clear and ensuring that there are no questions that our students have when it comes to their understanding of those words. Another useful strategy involves things like using synonyms and antonyms to help provide context and a more depth and breadth of understanding of a given word. Additionally, things like providing real-life examples, contextual examples, those things can really help students grasp the practical application of a given word. There's a lot of advantages 
of explicit vocabulary instruction. And those advantages are multifaceted. So when students receive structured and direct instruction, they are more likely to develop a profound understanding of words, expanding their vocabulary tremendously. And so this really enhances their vocabulary. In turn, it contributes to the overall improved reading and writing skills, which is, again, our end goal is comprehension. And moreover, explicit instruction in vocabulary nurtures word consciousness, making students more aware of the words they encounter in their everyday lives. I was talking to a teacher I actually believe it was Sarah Marie, the Stellar Teacher Company. Absolutely love her. She has her own podcast, Stellar Teacher Podcast. Go check that out. But in a podcast episode that she and I were doing, she talked about creating word watchers and having students just be aware of the words that they encounter and the nuances of those words and, you know, why are they connected to those words? What word parts do they see? And why is this word unique? And why is this word familiar? Just being aware of the words around them. And I think that just comes from that explicit instruction and routine that we put into place in, in our classrooms, really practical application of explicit vocabulary instruction overall is crucial. And this stems from a lot of the research that is coming up now in the science of reading, that explicit instruction of the five components of literacy, which of course vocabulary is one of them. So teachers can do things like pre-teach new words before diving into a text or lesson to really ensure that students are familiar with those key terms. Creating things like vocabulary lists or word banks can help provide students with readily available resources for word exploration. And also engaging students in activities is important and it helps provide and promote that word understanding, such as word games, discussions about word origins, like really getting into the etymology of words, the morphology, things like that can make the learning process more interactive and more engaging. In my research behind vocabulary, so one of the books that I've really enjoyed reading that is supported by the science of research is The Comprehension Blueprint. And it does talk, obviously, about comprehension, hence the name, but it does dive into a lot of the more supportive literacy components like vocabulary and talks about how they should be incorporated to help promote and support comprehension. And one of the biggest takeaways that I got from not only this book, but also other research out there is the difference between explicit instruction when it comes to identifying words. When you are reading a text or before you read a text or before you read your book of the week or story of the week or whatever it may be, before you approach that text, as teachers, we need to be supporting our students' vocabulary instruction by kind of dividing the words that we're highlighting into two buckets or two categories. And those two categories are our explicit vocabulary words and our incidental vocabulary words. Explicit vocabulary instruction is a very structured and intentional approach where teachers are going to directly teach specific words and their meanings, okay? But that doesn't mean that we can pick every single word that we know our students don't know. So we're going to be intentional about picking our words and kind of dividing them into these two categories. Explicit vocabulary words 
and incidental vocabulary words. And so here's kind of what I mean by this. Incidental vocabulary words are words that are important, but not necessarily need the entire explicitness of breaking the word down, looking at the morphology, looking at the etymology, completely understanding the meaning. Maybe it's just a word that we're going to stop at. And, you know, maybe I give a little bit of background knowledge, a quick definition, and we move on. So incidental vocabulary teaching occurs naturally during reading, where students encounter unfamiliar words in context and learn their meaning without explicit instruction. On the other side, you have the vocabulary words that you're going to pull out, and these are going to be the vocabulary words that we are going to explicitly teach. While explicit instruction provides precision, the incidental teaching exposes students to more of a broader range of words. And so the choice between the two depends on things like educational goals and then the specific needs of our students. So you've got your explicit teaching of words where I'm going to maybe identify two to three words before we read this text. We're going to look at the words. We're going to analyze them. We're going to break them apart. I'm going to ensure that my students have visuals of these words. We're going to look at the etymology and the origin, maybe why it's spelled this way. Look for pieces of the word. Does it have prefixes or a root or a suffix? And I'm going to ensure that my students understand the context of this word they can connect to this word, and they have schema now of this word. Those are going to be my more explicit words. And then the words that don't make that cut, those are going to be words that as we're reading, again, I'm going to stop and just say, hey, this is what this word means. And we keep reading. That's it. So by having this this difference in how I approach words, it really helps me as the teacher understand where my time, effort, and energy is going to be in my vocabulary instruction. And so when I've talked with teachers about this approach, it's it's fantastic. It's well-received. Teachers get it. They understand it. But the question is always, how do I determine which words go into which category? How do I know which words I should teach explicitly? And how do I know which words should be more incidental words? And so here's my advice to that question. The first thing I would think about is the text itself and what kind of support does your student need or do your students need to understand the text? So what are the big meanings? What is the takeaway? What are the main ideas of that text? And are there specific words in that text that directly relate to those big themes and those big main ideas? So If there is a word in the text that maybe you know your students do not know, but it has nothing to do with the main idea or the overall theme, then that most likely will become an incidental word. It will not be an explicitly taught word. If there are words that like, you know, let's say you're reading a text about plants and, you know, where they get their food or whatever. And so clearly photosynthesis is going to be a word that you uh, come across as you're reading. If they don't understand photosynthesis, they're clearly not going to understand the main idea of that text. So that would become an explicit word because I'm relating it back to what those big takeaways are from the text itself. So that right there is my uh, determining factor. So if I'm looking at the 
the text itself, and I'm looking at whether or not this word relates to the overarching theme and main idea. If it does, then it's explicit. If it does not, then it's incidental. So that would be my first barrier. The second barrier would be the task. What am I asking my students to do with this text in order for them to showcase that they have comprehended it? So if I'm asking them to do things like summarize or make inferences, then maybe there's a big inference that they need to make in, you know, paragraph three of this text. And there's this one word that relates to this inference. And if they don't know that word, they can't make this inference. Therefore, they need to know that word. So that one word would then become an explicit vocabulary word that I would teach to ensure that because I've taught that word, they hopefully can then make the inference that needs to be made in paragraph three. So relating the the words that we choose back to the task that we're asking them to do. And then the third barrier would be your students. You know your students, you know what kinds of background knowledge and schema that they have. So if you are not able to determine words based on the text itself or the task, then look at your readers. What words do you know that they need to have? And then choose based on them. So the text, the task, and the reader are the three lenses that I would look at when choosing my explicit versus my incidental vocabulary. It's probably my favorite part of this whole podcast episode here on vocabulary, but that definitely was something that I wanted to mention because I think it's really important. And as teachers, when we're thinking about, you know, ways to incorporate vocabulary and what it should look like in our instruction, you know, we're reading this text, maybe it's an article off of ReadWorks, and before we read it, I want to ensure that I'm supporting my readers. So where I'm going to read it first as a teacher, which of course you should always do. And I'm going to identify two words to explicitly teach and maybe three or four words to incidentally teach as we read. And I'm going to take three or four minutes to do that explicit instruction beforehand then read the text, make sure that I'm supporting those incidental words as we read. And then after we read, relate the explicit instruction that I did beforehand with those words to the task and the text now that we've just read it. Does it all kind of come together in one clear, beautiful picture of literacy? We know now that vocabulary instruction, of course, needs to be explicit. We kind of have an an idea now of what explicit vocabulary instruction looks like. But where is the vocabulary's connection to comprehension overall? So we know that vocabulary, of course, is one of the five components of literacy. And if you've listened to any of the other past episodes, you know that these really are taught and communicated in order. So we start with phonemic awareness because it's the most foundational. Then we move into phonics because phonemic awareness supports our students' understanding of phonics. Then we move into fluency because without phonemic awareness and phonics, our students cannot become fluent readers. So then, of course, we move into vocabulary. And all of these then relate to comprehension. Vocabulary is intricately linked to reading comprehension. When students encounter unfamiliar words in a text, it can completely disrupt their understanding of the material. And so a strong vocabulary that a student has actually enhances their ability to understand and analyze different texts, making it easier for them to connect with the content and then gain insights or make meaning from that text itself. 
citing specific studies, which we're going to do in a minute, can really help provide compelling evidence for this type of connection. So I wanted to take a minute to talk about some research because I know that research right now especially is really important, but I know that it's also hard for teachers who are busy, like you, (laughs) to get your hands on the research and to find it, to understand it, and to be able to make meaning and action from it. So I found three different studies that I want to just quickly talk about. And so we're going to talk about the study and I'll kind of wrap up or summarize some key findings of them, because I think that these three studies specifically really relate to what we're talking about today with vocabulary. So the first research study was about the vocabulary gap. If you haven't read the book, The Knowledge Gap, by the way, I'm going to do a, you know, mic drop right there. You got to read that book. I will put the link to it in the show notes. So make sure to definitely grab that book. It's a big one. It definitely be a better summer read than during the school year, but it will change your life. Read it. So this research was all about the vocabulary gap. This was a study. It was published in the journal Child Development in 2013. It was written by or done by Anne Fernald, I believe is how you say her last name, and her colleagues. And they conducted a research titled The Vocabulary Gap, A New Way to Examine Socioeconomic Differences in Children's Language Learning. And so the overall key findings of this research basically says that uh, the significant impact of socioeconomic factors on vocabulary development in young children. Children from lower income households tended to have a more limited vocabulary than their peers from higher income backgrounds. And so this vocabulary gap was evident as early as 18 months of age, which just is crazy to me. And it continued to widen as children progressed through elementary school. The study emphasized also the importance of targeted vocabulary instruction, especially for children facing those economic disadvantages. And so all of this relates back to that book that I just mentioned, The Knowledge Gap. Basically, research is showing that we don't really have a problem with necessarily our instruction or the you know what what our curriculums are trying to do the big problem here is the knowledge gap the gap that the socioeconomic divide is creating for our students our students from our lower income households aren't having the experiences that our students have in our upper or mid-income households. And that's creating vocabulary gaps, knowledge gaps, gaps in background knowledge and schema, and all those really intricate and important components for literacy success. So that would be a great study to go and look into if you're a research nerd like me, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. That would definitely be a a study that I would go and check out um, if that is something that you are more interested in. Another study that I wanted to mention, um, this was a comprehensive meta-analysis done by the National Reading Panel back in 2000, and it reviewed multiple studies. So that's what a meta-analysis does. Basically, it looks at a whole bunch of other studies and does a study on the studies. It's kind of weird, but it's a thing. It's a thing in research. They did multiple studies on effective literacy practices, including vocabulary instruction. 
And so the findings were published in the report of Teaching Children to Read. It's an evidence-based assessment of the scientific research literature on reading and its implications for reading instruction. A lot of fancy words there. What did this meta-analysis say, basically? It concluded that effective vocabulary instruction includes a combination of strategies, such as explicit instruction, which is what we just talked about, defining and discussing words, contextual learning, which is learning words in meaningful ways, and fostering word consciousness, which is helping students become aware of the words in their surrounding. And this research specifically emphasized that a balanced approach to vocabulary instruction is most effective in promoting student vocabulary development overall in their elementary education. So again, it kind of goes back to what we talked about the very beginning of this episode with the oral, written, and reading categories when it comes to the different instruction. Those kind of relate to what this research is telling us when it comes to explicit instruction, contextual learning, and uh, fostering word consciousness, which I love those, those three categories as well. One more piece of research that I want to get into, and then we're going to talk about some strategies. So don't go anywhere. But the last piece of research, this was a study done by Alfreda or Alfreda. I'm sorry, I'm not pronouncing her name correctly. Hybert. And it was published in the Journal of Literacy Research in 2010. And the study was titled The Research Base for a Comprehensive Vocabulary Program for English Language Learners. And it focuses on vocabulary instructions impact on reading comprehension specifically and then specifically even more for your ELL students. So basically, what did this study find? The study itself underscored the crucial role that vocabulary instruction plays in reading comprehension, especially in our ELL students. So effective vocabulary instruction can really bridge the gap between word knowledge and comprehension for these specific students. And so the research recommended that teachers provide explicit vocabulary instruction tailored to the specific needs of ELL students to be able to enhance their language development and literacy skills. So basically all those fancy words are saying our ELL students need vocabulary instruction even more. We need to ensure that we are taking time to build their vocabulary more than just our English speakers. It's more important for ELL students than it is for our regular English students. If you are interested in those studies, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to hook you up with those. I don't necessarily think I can put the links in the show notes, so you'll have to email me if you want access to those. Let's wrap up today's discussion on vocabulary. I think your brains hurt because I know my brain is hurting right now, but in a good way, right? In a way that's making us think and reflect and make better room for our advances on literacy instruction. Let's wrap up today by talking about some really fun things that you can do in your classroom to help support your students' vocabulary and improve their vocabulary. So I have five quick little strategies or routines that you can implement that are super easy and great for any grade level. 
So the first thing that I would suggest trying would be doing something like word of the day. So introduce a word of the day routine where each day you present a new word to your students. You can discuss its meaning. You can discuss the etymology, break down the morphology, and really encourage them to use that word throughout the day. Maybe you provide stickers to students who can use it as you're discussing your text. You could use it in other subjects in math and science and social studies? Can they use it when they're just talking to friends at research? So you can carry around maybe a sticker of the day to relate it to the word of the day to just encourage that discussion and usage of that new word. And then you would display the word prominently in the classroom, of course, so your students can see it and use it regularly. If you don't want to change the word every day, you could easily do a word of the week, which maybe would be a little bit better, especially in more early education, early career or early grade levels, excuse me, because implementing a brand new word and it's going to be a big, you know, difficult word, then we want to give them time to really be able to absorb it and use it. Another um routine that you could get into would be to incorporate things like vocabulary journals. How students maintain vocabulary journals and in them they can write write down things like new words that they've come across. They can take time to research their meanings of those new words. They can write out example sentences from their reading. So like maybe they came across a new word in the book that they're reading for pleasure and they really like this word. They think it's cool. So they pull it out and they put it in their vocabulary journal and they write out the sentence that it's in. Maybe they draw a picture of what they think the word means. Then maybe they go off and get their tablet or a dictionary and write out the dictionary definition. Basically, they need or we provide them a space for personal engagement with vocabulary. And the more we can encourage that, goes back to kind of what I said earlier that Sarah and I talked about building your word watchers. Can you build this culture of students who are watching for unique words that are just cool or that they can connect with or they think are interesting? Another strategy that you can do would be to develop a word wall. And so I know that there's a lot of controversy right now between the what word walls used to be. I know there's a lot of research right now that goes into sound walls, but this word wall would be more of a vocabulary word wall. And so what you would do is you would add new words to the wall as you introduce them. And you would include, of course, a definition, encourage your students to use these words in discussions and in writing. And basically that word wall would serve as like a visual reminder of their expanding vocabularies. Like look at all these new words that we have learned. So you can build the word wall in like two different ways. You can do it through the words that you're identifying in your explicit vocabulary instruction, or you can do it where your students are required to add words to the word wall. Maybe they identify a word that they think, again, is really neat, they connect with, they think is interesting. And so they add it to the word wall. And so you take time to encourage your students to build the wall. And then, of course, take time to talk about those words as as well. Something else you could do is a book talk. Encourage your students, of course, to share book recommendations. Talk about the interesting words that they encounter while they read. 
This not only broadens the vocabulary, but also just overall fosters a love of reading. So if you do routines such as maybe like a a 30 second check-in where in your morning meeting, you give every student 30 seconds to talk about, you know, what book they're reading, why it's really cool, why they would recommend it. Maybe one day when you do your 30 second check-in, you have your students talk about a fun word. They all have their book in hand. They need to go pick out a word that they thought was cool or fun or unique or interesting. And they share that word with the class. And so the more that you can build in these types of routines to build these word watchers, the more that vocabulary is becoming is going to become a part of your culture of literacy that you're building in your classroom. And then the final activity or strategy that I will leave you with today is to try out some word challenges. So issue a weekly or maybe a monthly word challenge where students are encouraged to use a specific word in their writing or even in their daily conversations. And so then you recognize and celebrate students who successfully complete the challenge. And a lot of times when you do these challenges, They can actually be based around root words. So maybe you have a root challenge where you're focusing on more morphology components or you have a prefix challenge where you have a prefix and you say, you know, I want to hear as many words we can use with this specific prefix or this specific suffix. And every time you see that word in writing or you hear that word done, then, you know, students can get points, they can get stickers, they can get tallies, however you want to manage that challenge you can, you know, do a lot or you can do a little. It's really up to you. But having that challenge, again, promotes that word watcher awareness that we're wanting to build in our classroom to really make sure vocabulary itself is an integral part of our literacy culture that we are establishing in our classrooms. All right, teachers, as we wrap up our exploration of vocabulary inside the Literacy Lounge, I hope that you really enjoyed this journey that we've been on through the world of words. Remember that this episode is really a, I think, what, our fourth episode in the installment of our Fab Five of Literacy podcast series. If you haven't listened to the other episodes in this series, make sure to head back and check out the ones before it. And then, of course, hit that subscribe button and stay tuned for the final episode in the series, which is coming up um, next week, uh, where we talk about all about comprehension. Educators, word enthusiasts, mark your calendar, set your alarms and join us for that final chapter. It's going to be an episode you're not going to want to miss. And we're really going to unravel the secrets of understanding and engaging with and truly comprehending the written word. So now before we part ways, I want to leave you with a challenge, of course. Take time today to reflect on what you've learned and how you can implement it into your classroom. Choose one of the vocabulary enhancing strategies that we discussed and watch as your students' word banks really begin to flourish and share your experience and success with us on social media using the hashtag literacy lounge challenge. And that way we can all experience the wonderful growth and development in the realm of vocabulary together. So I encourage you to use that hashtag and share with us, you know, some of the unique things that you're doing in your classroom to really help inspire each other to make a lasting impact on the world of education. So thank you so much for tuning in today inside the Literacy Lounge. Your presence here matters to the world of us. Next week, like I said, we're going to be diving into comprehension. So I hope you'll join us over there. So until next week, keep those words dancing in your hearts and in your minds. 
and may your literacy adventures continue to thrive. I'll see you over in the next episode. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Literacy Lounge with Sierra Harris. You can find any of the resources mentioned in the show notes at sierraharristeaching.com slash podcast. If you're looking for more support with close reading, download the free close reading guidebook at www.buildingcomprehension.com slash close dash reading dash guidebook. Until next time, happy reading.